Hey everybody, it's Rob, National Fire Radio, and I need to talk to you guys about an amazing hose manufacturer called Mercedes Textiles. For the last 45 years, they have been innovating fire hose and small portable pumps to make our job easier and to give a better end result product to the citizen. How do they do that? The hose is kink resistant. It's got great packability. There's heat resistant testing that they've done on this that has exceeded the NFPA standards. They have third party UL testing coming in to make sure that the hose is actually doing exactly what they say it's going to do. It's durable. They have a two-year bumper-to-bumper warranty on the hose. I mean, the way-out couplings, let's face it, if you know what hits the fan, you're not going to be remembering bump, bump, smooth to the pump or whatever silly thing they told you in fire school. You're going to look down, see that reflective arrow, and know how to get out of the building. And everything is made in-house. So with that being said, you don't have to worry about supply chain issues with another manufacturer using bad metal on the coupling or different products coming in from different parts of the world. Everything's happening there in the factory, and that's a home run every time you stretch a line. Go check out Mercedes Textiles and the Kraken EXO. It's the hose that I use at work. I've taken it into fires, and I can say it's a superior product. This is Rob, National Fire Radio. All right, everyone, welcome back to, or welcome to, I have to stop saying welcome back because this is the intro that I'm recording and I say back all the time and you were never here before unless you just listened to the last one, which if you've listened to me two episodes back to back, like find another podcast, do it tomorrow because it's just too much in one drive. That's why we only keep them to an hour. But um, this is episode 14 of the podcast and it's another first because this episode is completely sponsored by my friends at Mercedes Textiles. So I cannot thank them enough for sponsoring this episode. And they're not just sponsoring it because they want you to buy their fire hose or because I'm going to spend all this time talking about hose or anything like that Uh, because we're really not going to talk about fire hose. We may talk about a different kind of hose, I suppose, in, in a little bit here. But they care about their end user. They care about us. They care about firefighters. And this episode that they're sponsoring is based off their Check Your Equipment campaign that they've partnered up with Detect Together and Crackle Magazine um, to kind of raise more awareness about testicular cancer and and how we can prevent ourselves from getting it. Because I think that's the key when it comes to firefighters and cancers. It's not stopping it. It's preventing us from getting it or catching it early enough to treat it. So with that all being said, I have a very special guest on today with me. And this dude is like beyond famous. He has over 4 million social media followers, I think, if I did the math right. A million subscribers on YouTube, which as per my kids is a really big deal if you can do that. Um, He's been a good friend of mine for a while now. I'm not really sure how long ago we met or how we met. We've worked out together online, never physically um, but Mr. Jason Patton from Fire Department Chronicles, welcome to the Size Up by National Fire Radio, buddy. Oh, brother, how are you, man? I appreciate you having me on, dude. No, no, it, it, it's I, awesome to have you here for such an important reason, too. But I know we're going to joke around the whole time. So, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, wow. <laughs> no one would serious. listen if, if you weren't being if you were being too serious the whole time. People would be like, "Who is this guy?" You know, I, I think the only podcast I've ever like found myself becoming um, like kind of diving into the more serious stuff was with jeremy on national fire radio 
this, the way he asks questions are just so like radio like esque like well, yeah, Jesus, tell me what you think about this. I'm like, well, I mean, there's not a lot of room in there for joking. So let's, let's just dive right into it, buddy. So I hope he listens to this and hears that part. So it's probably the only one I've ever been like mildly serious on it. It's, it was crazy. That's crazy, too, because I, I didn't think he was expecting that from you. You know, I think he was probably expecting the exact opposite. But he led you in that road, which is it, it's uh, a sign of a yeah. good interviewer. So, you know, can, <laughs> yeah, it was great. You hear that? It's a, I gave you a compliment, Jeremy, if you are listening. It's a, it's a compliment right there. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I think what a lot of people don't know that I, that I know about you, because we've talked in the not-for-profit space for a while, is that you kind of started out pre-Fire Department Chronicles days actually using humor to teach CPR, correct? To, to lay folks. Because, again, yeah. you know, we are used to doing CPR in the emergency services world. But for a just a normal everyday banker or corporate America person. That's a big deal. I mean, I don't know if you watch succession, but there was just a whole CPR scene going on in the TV show succession that they had no idea what was happening. No, I do. I, CPR in general is a very stressful, uh, it, it, it's a very emotionally driving thing or emotionally stressful thing for a lot of people because I mean, they've, for, I would say 90% of humanity, whenever they're doing CPR on somebody, they've never seen a dead person before. So they, or God forbid, this is a coworker, you know, for us, we're lucky uh, in the sense that most of the people that we're doing CPR on or that we're, we're attending to medically are not our own family members. And we see that stuff all the time where guys have to run on their own family members. And trust me, we see the opposite side of that. But yeah, man, I just, I found like when I was teaching people CPR, it was, they, they, that their immediate reaction is crap. Like, this is ah life and death. Ah, like There's no, it's actually involved. like death. Yeah, it's death. yeah it's, it. they're dead. They're, you just you can't make their day any worse than it already is, man. So it's only like it should, it should only be up from there. So um, I had a blast teaching people, and the more I made them laugh, especially in the beginning of the class, the more you could literally see their their body language change. They relaxed. They were it was okay. It was good, and then and then they're more open to learn about what I'm trying to teach them. Yeah, it, it definitely is a way to kind of convey the message. And I think that's what you've been doing a lot with, with Fire Department Chronicles. And that's gotten you, you know, all these followers for sure. But, you know, followers are followers. But being able to, to put that message out there, and I think maybe that's something that got you with Detect Together, correct? Which is another great organization that we're going to spend some time talking about today. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was, it was actually a connection I gained through something called the Heroes Cup. It's a uh, a huge hockey tournament up in uh, Massachusetts area, Marlboro, Massachusetts. Um, my buddy uh, is the one that ran the whole thing. He's like, can you come up and, and MC it and, and help us run this whole thing? And and I went up there and it was just a cool experience. And I and I met Trisha and all them from Detect Together. And their their messaging was beautiful. It was it was just very simplistic. It was we want firefighters to pay attention to themselves, their health. And when they need to get checked out, be able to recognize it. But we want to do it all through comedy. And I was like, man, this is this is what firefighters need, male or female. None of us want to take ourselves seriously. Um, the thank me for my service thing, we we hate. And uh, but when it comes to our own health, like we just don't pay attention to it because it's you know it just just not something that we do. So it was cool to kind of drive that home in a, in a comedic, fun manner. Hey, it, uh, off topic here, but can anyone play in that Heroes Cup? Because we got a team in Jersey. My union has a team, and they're 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 pretty good, from what I understand. If they're active duty, uh, fire, military, yeah. or EMS or police, yes, 
Oh, wow. We would, so there's this team, NJ Fire Hockey. If you're on Instagram and you're into following a bunch of firefighters that play hockey, he's going to throw a little plug for my, my buddy out there. A lieutenant on my job runs the whole thing. But they're up to an A, B, and C team. Um, I think I qualify for the C team now. I'm, I, I don't know, though. I can skate. So it's kind of like the Mighty Ducks. Uh, I think it would be yeah, the I think they've raised like two and a half million dollars for like 400 different charities or something like that. Like, wow. Like very, it may, it's probably higher than that. I'm probably misquoting it, but I mean, it's, it's, it's insanity what they've done. It's very cool. That is awesome. And it, and it's great that, you know, you were able to, to, to do that event and then meet the folks from the tech together. And like, it just linked in, you know, that, that we can do oh, yeah. this because my own not-for-profit journey talking about cardiac related diseases, you know, 10 years ago, that's all we were talking about. And now we're talking about cardiac-related diseases, we're talking about PTSD, we're talking about suicide, and we are talking about, I feel like, cancer almost at the moment more than anything, finding out about all the different cancer-causing chemicals we deal with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, things are going to change on a constant basis, on a daily basis. We're going to find something new, some new chemical. Obviously, the one that you're talking about is not new. It's been around for a very long time. and. And I have a feeling this is just the beginning of the journey of seeing what's what's going yes. on, what's causing stuff. A- anyone who, uh, and this is just my personal opinion, this isn't backed by anybody, but um, anybody who believes that is the only cause of cancer in our area is, is it's probably looking in the it's wrong way. Sick. But it is something very we sick. should be focusing on. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think we should focus on that. We should figure out, wait, listen, I, I have one goal in life. When I retire, I just want to retire, man. I, I want to like live for a few <laughs> years. I like well, I I want my biggest decision in life where I'm taking my crap for the day, like which toilet I'm choosing for that day. Like that that's what I want. So, yeah. my my wife and I were just somewhere a very a few weeks ago, and my retirement age came up, and they were like, "Well, what does that mean? Like, what what is Tracy going to do?" And I'm like, "Go to work." And they're like, what's she gonna, what are you going to do? And I'm like, not go to work. Yeah. Like, but, but how is that? How can that be? And I'm like, because she picked the wrong job, like physician yeah. assistant, fireman. She should have picked the fireman. Like, I'm not going to work. But I want to enjoy that, right? And, and that's what, you know, and you and I have, have, have done some crossfit type workouts together, some functional fitness. You know, I know you're, you're taking care of yourself that way. You know, we try to eat as well as we can. I'll give you a shameless plug. You probably drink more coffee than anyone I know. Um, or at least it appears that way online. Let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fire department coffee is definitely uh, a monstrous part of my life, which is, I, I'd love to say it was uh fire department coffee was the reason I got into coffee, but it wasn't. And, uh, but <laughs> You were an uh, addict I, before. I was an addict. Well, they just became my new supplier, my new uh, dealer. And uh, we're going to go. So <laughs> I always love when a new firefighter comes into the firehouse and they're like, I don't drink coffee. I'm like, talk to me in five years, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's 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 just a slow progression. You get the taste, and then you're like, mm, "This is good stuff." You know, up this here too, you know, you don't really deal with the cold so much down where you are. But at three o'clock in the morning, and you're finishing up at a fire, and you know the the second chief comes in, and he's got a box of Joe. It, I don't care what it is, how long ago it was made, how bad anything mm-hmm. that that is like the nectar of the gods at that point. So it is, and it's so funny you say that, man, because. You would think our, especially after a good fire or a good job or something like that, man. Like you're, like when you get back to the station, like it's like this, like this is this is where we get together and we talk and we yeah. BS and like and it's completely unhealthy. In case anyone's <laughs> wondering, we should we should be trying to go to sleep at that point. Uh, but like we had a real bad call where uh, we had to pull two people out of a canal, and I mean, dude, this we went from sleeping to literally in a lake in freezing lake, swimming to the bottom of the lake to try to get these uh, these two people out. 
And uh, and by the time we finish this whole thing up, got deconned, everything, it's three hours later, it's four o'clock in the morning, and we're just sitting at the kitchen table, man, drinking coffee, talking, and it's like, none of this makes sense. I was sleeping not too long ago. <laughs> like, what is <laughs> Look at what just happened, where you're like, why am I soaking yeah. wet now? No one's, this is oh, not yeah. how this is supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had those conversations, and it's funny because... You know, we can have those conversations after a call about other people and maybe about how we're feeling in that moment or the weirdness of it. But for some reason, we can't seem to have the conversations about our own personal health, mental health, physical health. You know, I'm not feeling well today. Instead of telling someone else how you're not feeling well at the firehouse and them saying you go to the doctor, we tend to keep that in. And trying to break that stigma, I think, is a big part of what you have going on right now. Correct? Appreciate it. A hundred percent, man. Look, uh, self-realization and self, um, uh, like self-acknowledgement when it comes to what's going on in your head, man, it's very hard, bro. It's freaking hard. I, I mean, like I've been going through some some pretty bad stuff here in the last couple of days, and it's like, and for me, I know when it's getting bad when I can't, you know, do some breathing exercises or kind of, uh, you know, kind of feel or think the pro the thought process that I need to think and then move on. Like, it's just like a constant boiling thing. Like I cannot get rid of this and I know there's some stuff going on. So I, I talk to my wife a little bit more or man, when I'm really boiling, it's just going to sound really weird, but I work out like, I'll, I, I, <laughs> right I, I just love yeah, squatting, bro. Like just squatting makes me feel so happy. Um, but it is dude, listen, if, uh, acknowledging the thoughts that go on in your head and acknowledging issues that you may be having is it, it's hard. You know why? Because it's really easy to point out other people's issues because you're you're we're helpers. But when you're acknowledging your own your own self, maybe slightly messed up a little bit, then you're not that Iron Man that you always think you are. Which obviously we're all human, bro. That's that's what it comes down to. And the faster we're able to uh, acknowledge things, repair them, and then move on, the the better we're going to be be at it. Yeah, and, and that's what this whole campaign is about with the tech together. It's response time matters, right? It's like yeah. they say the Mercedes textiles line is, is like water on the fire. You know, the sooner you can get it, the better you are. And that response yeah. time really does matter when it comes to all of these problems, cancer, cardiac related screenings, you know, mental health related screenings. And yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to screen yourself for a mental health issue. Um, or a cardiac issue, even, you know, maybe you could start to tell something a little bit about yourself. But when it comes yeah. to, you know, some of the cancer detection that's out there, especially for testicular cancer, it is something that we could be checking and should be checking daily, weekly. Tell me how many times do you check yourself? I I touch my balls constantly. So uh, <laughs> whether I'm supposed to or not, I just do. Um, no, I, <laughs> it's dangerous I if you find I mean, a third one, if there's a third one, yeah, there, that's really the, dangerous. That's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the gold standard right there. <laughs> um, that, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think you should be checking it as much as possible because why not? I mean, what I loved about the, what their campaigns was like, you know, you're already touching them. You might as well make sure that they're even like, that's beautiful because that is what firefighters love. We want to hear that kind of stuff. And I know that they're, they, I know I'm, I'm positive they're, this is, we were talking about this about a year ago when we first launched the initial campaign, but they were talking about creating more female friendly stuff with it, but it was the same thing. Yeah. Like you're already touching your boobs. You might as well make sure there's no lumps in there. Like, like these, I doubt women touch their boobs as much as we constantly fondle ourselves, but um, not, maybe it's even, yeah. Maybe, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. That's, a, that's a bold statement, Cotton. You better be ready to back that up. <laughs> Uh, but um i definitely think that that yeah man it's it just it's acknowledgeable 
the biggest thing is, dude, is acknowledging that something is wrong does not mean that there's something wrong with you. Like that's the big yeah, thing. It's yes. like it just means that that bro, your 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 car at some point in time needs an oil change. Like at some point in time, the the AC compressor breaks down. Why wear and tear, dude? Like I mean, and obviously you can get into like real physiological stuff about cellular regeneration, how over time or depending on what you're eating, it doesn't regenerate the same way or, or oblong and all this fun stuff. But um, it's just, it, dude, it's, it is what it is. But like you said, the faster you get it, the faster you detect it, the faster you can be treated, the faster you can get back to your normal, whatever your normal is, and then move forward. Yeah, and it's crazy. We have good health care. Most, most fire department jobs... Uh, I'm not going to speak for everybody out there, but you have really good health care. That's part of the reason you took the job, the pension and the health care. Mm-hmm. And maybe to run into the burning building part, but you know that that's the more danger part. Pension, healthcare, salary should be should be first. Fires, <laughs> fires, man! I like <laughs> fires too much. So if you, just because we're EMS, we're so EMS down here. We just God, we soak those babies up <laughs> when when they come. Well, everybody soaks them up. I mean, we we do EMS. So I I you know now people are going to be like, I'm tired of hearing this pit, but I'm on the truck now, so we do less, way less EMS. Elevators, not EMS. Must, by the way, it must be nice to be able to specialize because in Florida, we have to do all EMS and we got to be truckies and we got to be engine guys. So you better be ready when you show up on scene. You got no clue what you're getting. <laughs> we have we have a couple like uh, ladder or we have our, our ladder, our bucket truck. They do mainly truck stuff, uh, but everybody's got everything. You got to be able to do everything. So. Yeah, the the specialization end is, is is a win. You know, I work in a smaller department, so we still everybody does everything. When you ride on the truck, you know you're doing truck stuff when you show up. Unless yeah. unless the engine guys are really slow, and I'm just gonna take their line and do search off the line and be like, sorry, <laughs> you, you lost, man. You put it down, yeah. and I'm taking it. So, <laughs> but when it comes to early detection, you know, I was really fortunate with Mercedes Textiles. They were able to introduce me to Josh Hardy. Um, he's a firefighter right outside of Dallas, Texas, which if anybody knows anything about Texas, that could be like a minute or it could be like an hour. Um, but he is right on the outskirts of Texas is where he works. And I was able to sit down with him and have him tell his story um, just to make everyone aware of how serious the testicular cancer threat can be to a firefighter and how early detection really does matter. So we're going to s- transition over to that and let Josh, tell his story for a little bit, and then Jason and I will be right back. Listen up. Our friends at Mercedes Textiles want to know, how often do you check your equipment? Probably every shift, right? But this month, they aren't just talking about the hose on your engine. Even if they have been a fire hose manufacturer for over 45 years, because that hose is not the only hose you should be doing daily checks on. April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. So we here at the Size Up by National Fire Radio and Mercedes want to remind you to check your equipment. Because just like water on the fire, when it comes to cancer, response time matters. Early detection saves lives. This month, Mercedes is supporting Detect Together, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating first responders on early cancer detection. Because if found early, the survival rate of testicular cancer skyrockets to 99%. I'd say that makes it worth checking your equipment regularly. So go to responsetimematters.org to learn how to check yourself and request your free firehouse education kit. Thanks in part to Mercedes Textiles. All right, so welcome to, it's not really like part two of episode 14. It's kind of like the middle segment of episode 14. Uh, You know, with all my vast podcasting experience that I talk about now, I'm going to have like this little transition. So I have no idea how to do the transition except... 
to welcome my my good friend Josh Hardy, who goes by the name Hardy, um, to this episode. So, Josh, how are you this afternoon that we're speaking? I'm doing great. How are you, sir? Uh, it's not bad. It's it's the spring here in good old New Jersey, so the the light is great. It stays light a little longer. The kids are on spring break, so they're outside playing, which is always a win. Um, and I think I, I had told you in text messaging, it's just Pip. It's not Sir. Yeah, it's that's going to be a struggle the <laughs> entire time. We'll try, but I don't think it's going to happen. Come on, man! It's it's just <laughs> Pip. It's so much easier. But you are you are from the great state of Texas, which is quite large. Uh, I didn't really ever realize how large it was. But where in Texas are you located, Hardy? So I am uh, just outside of Dallas, Texas. I work for a little town called Balt Springs, and then we, uh, I, I, me and my wife, we live in a little town called Commerce, which is about an hour northeast of dallas okay because i was gonna say when people say just outside of somewhere in texas that too could be like yeah. six hours uh-huh. away from yeah. something else in texas <laughs> yeah ball springs is like in dallas we're a suburb of dallas it's only about a few miles from downtown okay but yeah conference is just outside of dallas it's about an hour outside <laughs> which is about an hour outside of gotcha gotcha so that that's interesting i didn't know that there were areas in dallas that weren't dallas fire is that mm-hmm. kind of how it works? Yeah, that we're one of uh, we're we're a smaller suburban department or, or you know kind of suburban uh, urban. I know what you mean, yeah, urban suburban <laughs> department. Uh, we're neighbored by a, a much larger one called Mesquite, a town called Mesquite that they've got multiple fire stations. They're much bigger, and then we're all neighbored right there with Dallas. So, yeah, we're a one station department, small, you know, ten guys on a shift, and then right next door you've got thousands of people on every single day and hundreds of fire stations and. You got all that right next door. Do you guys, did they come in to assist you on mutual aid? Cause I, they do. Yeah. Okay. I'm doubting you go with air though. No, no, never. <laughs> never they come over. We don't call them too terribly much. It seems like it's happened more here lately than, than in the past, but yeah, we definitely, they, they, they they've been a, a big help on multiple of our larger yeah, incidents. It's always a win when you have a larger incident to have pretty much, you know, like everything you need at your disposal, I guess. Uh, yeah, you blink and there's 100 people there and you're like, I've never seen this before in my life. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we can't do that where I am. There's just not 100 people department, you know, total around us. Um, but it would be nice to have something like that, I guess, every now and again. Um, so how long have you been a firefighter? Uh, about 10 years. Okay. And what kind of led you to firefighting? So, uh, actually I, I, I have a big spiel, but nine 11 was really what inspired me to be a fireman. I was like seven, eight years old. Uh, and I, I, ever since that happened, I always wanted to be a fireman. So, uh, as soon as I graduated from high school, I went and got my fire and my MT and I'm actually from Salt Lake city, Utah. I moved down here right after I got done with fire school and started volunteering, uh, in a town called Melissa in about, about an hour North of Dallas. (laughs) And, uh, Ended up in Ball Springs nine years ago and uh, promoted a captain last year, and it's been an adventure ever since. Awesome, man. That is awesome. I, I too, am a captain, so it's, I did not know that. It's just, I knew you yeah. were a firefighter. No one, they left that captain part out when they told me how yeah, you were. Yeah, I try not to tell anybody about it unless I have to. <laughs> I understand, but listen, you, you worked hard to get that rank, right? Like, you, it yeah. just didn't get handed to you in a, in a career department. You normally have a testing process or however your department does it. And it, it's definitely something to be proud of. Now, do you have lieutenants or did you go firefighter yep. to captain? Firefighter straight to captain. We're putting in lieutenants and drivers right now. Okay. But not for me. I went straight from firefighter to to, uh, to captain. So my, my department was like that in the uh, uh, 80s, 
Uh, we, we had captain, we had lieutenants, and we didn't. We just had captains, and we got lieutenants back. Um, mm-hmm. So we've had lieutenants back for probably over close to 30 years now, I think. Um, but it's weird in New Jersey, when we're run by the civil service, you either have, it's like lieutenant, captain, deputy chief, or captain, mm-hmm. battalion, chief, deputy chief. Yeah. So it's, it's just the way we do things, I guess. And that's how, and that's how ours is. It's captain battalion chief and then our fire chief gotcha. we just have the three just so the level. lieutenant will give you a, another rank kind of in there mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome it's always cool to hear how other people do it you know and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that because some similarities some not necessarily the same things i guess yeah what is it firefighting is local so i'll do a very similar job but everybody does it just a little bit different just a little bit different just a little bit different for sure and then are you engine truck both so i'm on the engine full-time okay. yeah i'm on our our uh first out engine and yeah, what do you run because you said 10 guys a shift so engine truck chief yeah so we run a engine uh my engine and then a ladder truck that's staffed with two and then we have a squad model that chases the third-party ambulance service and on a big fire, or if needed, they can transfer over to our reserve engine and then a battalion chief. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My audio assistant is telling me that I'm moving around too much here, so I have to stay more still, uh, which is good. It's good to have an audio assistant here, um, with me at least live, in, live in the booth, which is really my house for anybody listening. <laughs> um, but so, so Josh and I are hardy, I should say, and I didn't just meet by happenstance. Um, you know, my friends at Mercedes Textiles, Mercedes Hose, had introduced me to Hardy because of the importance of, of episode 14, like Jason and I spent some time talking about uh, before we, we transitioned into Hardy's part of the story. So I'm just going to kind of shut my mouth a bit, uh, which is pretty hard for me. Uh, most people that know me know that. Um, but and let Hardy kind of tell the story that he's been going through for about the past four months here or so. So the the, the mic is yours, my friend. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah. So uh, like he was saying, I uh, I found out in December that uh, I had testicular cancer. Uh, I was bailing out of a window in training in like October and uh, injured myself. Uh, a little bit in that region, uh, had some swelling and didn't think anything of it. Never in my wildest dreams uh, would I have ever thought to go get checked or had anything uh, looked at. So you got stuck? Did you get stuck huh? in the window? Like now we have no, to talk I just, about when the... I failed, I went super hard and went like in, my, went in between oh. my legs and like get on the sill and just... Yeah, the sill. <laughs> the yeah, sill the I, sill will catch you every time there if you're yeah, going hard. and. The guys that I was out there with the whole time, they were just so sick and tired of me talking about, I was like, man, I really, that hurt, man. That's, mm, that tickled the whole time. I was like, man, that hurt. Uh, what kind, what kind of a guy would pick on you about that? Like, I would feel bad for you. Like, that hurt. No, Go get some ice, bro. Go get some ice. Yeah. We talked about it all day. But, uh, yeah, I swole up a little bit. Didn't think anything of it. Never would have gotten checked. 29 years old, healthy. Work out every day. Never in my wildest dreams. So I think that'd be a problem. Uh, by the second week of December, it went from like a little swollen to like the size of maybe like a tennis ball. And I was like, I probably should go get this looked at. It was actually my wonderful wife, the, the, you know, the, the brain of the family that said, Hey, that doesn't look right. You probably should go get it checked out. And it was the last couple of weeks of December. So I was like, I'm going to wait. My deductible's <laughs> fixing to change over. 
I'm not going to go pay money to the doctor and whatever else I need to do just so I have to pay it all over again in a couple months. And she was like, or in a couple weeks, she's like, no, you need to go get that looked at. Now, in, in like, that oh, in between, just because, I mean, this is common and, and I'm going to be pretty open with you and, and I guess now the audience too, but mm-hmm. I had a, I had testicular pain, let's call it that way, uh, about a year and a half ago. And yeah. I, didn't ever have any swelling, yeah. But I let that pain go for a, about a solid month as well, uh, mm-hmm. until I, I told my wife, and uh, my wife is a physician assistant, and she's like the smartest medical person I've ever met in my life about everything. Uh, to which, as it sounds as though your wife, immediately she was like, "You're going to see this doctor," and luckily, yeah. you know, her her my wife's cell phone has a boatload of doctors in that. Um, and I had an appointment two days later um, for a man that really was happy I was a firefighter, had no problems checking my testicles, but also wanted to talk to my about my wife while he was <laughs> checking my testicles and this pain that I was having. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I was very fortunate in the fact that it just was some kind of a bruise or injury that I didn't even really know I, I did anything to or got. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like for you in that month time frame from – the bailout to when you noticed it being swollen, what was that end of it like? I mean, it, it was painful. And I, I mean, just like all farmers, I'd probably gotten on a couple of times and Googled what could be wrong, you know, and <laughs> WebMD. That long list of stuff that could be wrong. And at the very end, it's like testicular cancer. And you just kind of put that out of your mind. You're like, there's no way. Uh, so when I went to the doctors, I was lucky enough to get an appointment with my physician, like two days or three days after my wife told me to, I, he just happened to have an opening. That's amazing. Yeah, and I walked in there, and not to be too crude, but he took that little light that he puts in your ear, and he took that and was, like, down there doing stuff with that, and was like, well, if it was, you know, swelling, it would be see-through, but since the light doesn't show through, I'm really worried about it. And I was like, well, Doc, you know, shoot to me straight, and he would not use the word cancer. Okay. And he's well, like, do you have any uh, family history? I said, no, but I am aware that firefighters do have, is one of our occupational cancers, and he's like, all right, well, I think you need to go get a, a, a sono done. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll go get that done when, like, next week, you know, two days, you know, two weeks. What do you need? And he's like, no, today. I'm going to go write you the script. We're going right now. Like, All right. That's a so wake-up call. I'm sorry? That's a wake-up call right there. Like, that. Yeah. that's a, yeah. You kind of get that, like, sinking feeling in your pit of your stomach. You're like, oh, this isn't good. And I, <laughs> I called my wife and told her, and we were joking around about it. I was like, I got testicular cancer. Like, you're going to feel bad giving me such a hard time about stuff. You know, you can't be given. You can't give the cancer guy a problem. Yeah. And she's like, you don't have cancer. You need to stop talking like that. Quit being negative. And so I went and had my sauna done. And like every firefighter does, we got done with the sauna. And the ladies, the very nice lady was like, oh, I'm going to let you clean yourself up. You go and uh, I'm going to step out of the room. I was like, cool. That's awesome. I'd been in the lobby of that sauna place all the time looking up testicular cancer saunas. I was like, I'm going to spot this for myself. She got up and left the room. I cleaned up real fast. I'm in there running through pictures and no, that nothing looks bad. I, I'm good. Like I don't have cancer, whatever this is. It's not that. In your expert sonogram well, reading not, oh, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> My whole 15 minutes yeah. of Googling testicular. Were you sonogram. holding your phone next to yours? Like it can't look like no, that. I, I was like, I got this locked in. I got it. No problem. Cause <laughs> I had to lock my phone up in one of those little lockers, you know, that they have at the healthcare place. I was like, I got it. We're locking this in right here. But the next morning, I was actually on shift. We were doing some computer training. Uh, we had a guy doing a, a webinar in the deal, and I had actually put it on. It was through this computer. 
And I was out on the phone and I kept having a guy come up and kind of, Hey, we're having problems. I was like, I, I'm, I'm on the phone with the doctor. I, I can't talk right now. You're going to have to figure it out. And my doctor was like, Hey, we'd like for you to drive up. And again, it's an hour away, drive up to the office and talk to us. I was like, I'm at work. You can shoot it to me however you want. And he's like, well, I, there's no other better way to say this. You have testicular cancer. I was like, Ooh, okay. What do I need to do? And he's like, we're going to set you up with an appointment tomorrow with a urologist who's a surgeon and we're going to get this out of you. I was like, okay, cool. Like a week, two weeks. And he's like, no, it's going to be as soon as possible. We'd like to have it out by the end of the week. All right. So, uh, uh, I'm going to write along. Yeah. He's like, we're going to get some basic blood work done and we'll get the surgery done. There'll be no problem. Okay. So I went to the doctor and the doctor didn't believe me when I sat down with him and my wife, uh, he didn't believe that I had not waited longer with the size of my testicle and what it was. He was, he's like, this has only been going on for like two, three months. And I was like, yes, sir. And me and my wife had had some uh, fertility stuff going on. So I had actually gotten like a full check done like August, September of that, of last year. Okay. So I knew I was good then. Uh, and I was like, I, I, I'm telling you, doc. He's like, oh, I don't know. This is awfully large of a, you know, of a growth. We're probably going to see some spread. He's like, well, we're good. We'll pull it out. We'll, we'll have no problems. And like you said, very, very preventable, very curable, uh, or very, you know, curable type of cancer. Well, we got my blood work back and it was high. And not like Lance Armstrong when he had testicular cancer high, but it was high enough. The doctor called me and said, hey, we're pushing your surgery back a couple of days because you're going to have to go get a CT done because I'm pretty sure this is spread to other places in your body. And I was like, oh, well, that, that really, it's Christmas time. Uh, we just found out me and my wife were pregnant. Uh, it was a lot, to say yes. the least. Yeah. Uh, we were on the phone the next day after that phone call with my family telling everybody that we were pregnant. And uh, knowing that everything that was going to happen in the next couple of days and being very worried about it. But uh, got a CT back, or got a CT done. Uh, I was very lucky. It hadn't spread anywhere but the, the original tumor in my testicle. I had it removed. It was down for like six weeks uh, and uh, back to work. And uh, I just had my last sauna and, or my last CT and blood work done this last week. And nothing has grown back as of yet. So Is, is that your uh, medical opinion or is that the doctor's medical opinion that no, nothing that, had come back? I'm just curious. Yeah, that, that is the doctor's medical okay. opinion. I wanted to clear that up for the listening audience. Yeah. So this is not Hardy's uh-uh. WebMD <laughs> comparison opinion that a medical doctor... Speaking on that, we, uh, you know, I was looking through that sauna. I was like, I got this, no problem. The doctor sat down with me and my wife when we were in the office, the actual urologist that did my surgery. And he was like, all right, well, I want to show you these sauna pictures. And he's clicking through. And I was like, those are the ones I looked at. I don't see a tumor there. But he clicks over in another section. He goes, this was your right one. This is the normal one. And he goes, this is your left testicle. And it's just like this hideous mangled. Just <laughs> so you were looking at the wrong thing. one the whole time. Yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Uh, so Gentlemen. I Gentlemen. Dad didn't have testicular cancer. I never made it that far. <laughs> you just knew that you saw what you saw and you were good right mm-hmm. there. Yep. Uh, so it, it's crazy too that, you know, through Mercedes and, and, our, and our work with the tech together, you know, it just when you hear these things and, and we keep hearing them more and more about firefighters and, you know, the with testicular cancer specifically, we have a two times greater risk of getting testicular cancer than a, a non-firefighter male. Um, which is just a number that when you hear it, 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 it's almost unfathomable, you know? Yeah. And with 
at cancer prevention in the fire service, you know, I know you've been in the fire service for 10 years. I've been, uh, as a career firefighter for 20, um, we've just come so far with mm. knowledge, I guess is a good way to put it. Unfortunately, we are still not getting cancer less than we were before. Um, mm-hmm. Although we may be, and the, the studies just aren't out there yet, but there's so many preventative things that we can do. And that's part of the Mercedes hose check your equipment campaign for this month of April. Um, but that also doesn't mean it ends in April um, because we need to be checking our equipment daily, almost weekly because just like Hardy said, you know, it happens so fast, you know, and I, I've been through fertility uh, things with, with, with my wife as well. And you had that check in mm-hmm. August and not saying that was there to check for cancer specifically, but you would think something like that would show up if it was there. So that's giving you just that short time frame. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've had the opportunity. It's funny that, you know, Mercedes contacted me. I know uh, Kevin Fluger with Mercedes and I was lucky enough to go down to the, that, the Dagum fire conference here in San Antonio here. Yeah. I can't say that word cause I'm from New Jersey. It's Dagum. just not, it doesn't work for me. That's his word. Uh, but uh, while I was down there, I had discussed with a few of the instructors what had happened to me. And one of the instructors, uh, Mr. Mayfield, I believe his name was, he, he was like, you need to talk to everybody about this. I was like, nah, I'm good. Nobody needs to hear about my balls today. And he was like, no, I think you should. So I, I went to Kevin and asked, and they gave me a few minutes to talk to, to everybody about it. And uh, from there, I actually had the opportunity to take that the Tech Together class. And I was like, well, this is wonderful. It's a little late now, you know. <laughs> but you could still learn something. So you could always learn detected, something more. You know? One, it was, too, and it was cool going through and being like, yep, I went through that. Yeah, I went through that. But Detect Together, they talk about it a lot. It's if when you take that Detect Together class, they have multiple slides of, like, what your your survivability is, if it's in stage one or in stage three in any of those occupational cancers that we suffer from. And most of the time on that stage one side of things, it's in the 80s, 90s, 99%. And it not, there's not a single type of cancer, testicular cancer. I got lucky. That's the, that's the one that drops the least amount. Yeah. But all the rest of them, as it spreads, it, you know, it goes, it drops by a considerable amount. So, yeah, if I could preach anything, it's just, you know, be checking. And then if you find something, go get it looked at. Because if you can get it looked at quick, it's a surgery or, you know, it's, you know, some, uh, unfortunately, it could be around the chemo. Yep. But it's not you not being around for your family or for your brothers or your, for, you know, for your people anymore. Yeah. That's and- a scary thing. And that, that fact that too, though, you're, you're back to work now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you had that hiccup in the road and you got through it and you know, you, like you had told me before we started recording too, you're getting checked for how long now? Uh, I think it's every three months for the next five years. Yeah. So that's again that, you know, they're so concerned and this is such a serious issue that they want to keep checking, you know, and they mm-hmm. want to make sure that if it did return, they catch it that fast. So you stay in that survivability profile that they have. Um, and I think that's a huge part of it. And I think as with anything, when it comes to the emergency services and our health and wellness, whether it be physical, mental, anything like that, the change that really needs to happen is that recognition, you know, recognizing it in your coworker, recognizing it in ourselves. And I mean, you're, you're a, a a good example of someone that was like, well, I'm good. I could wait a little bit longer. Like it's the holidays. Yeah. I could wait a little bit longer. Um, just as much as I was, you know, a few years mm-hmm. ago. Um, yeah. Learn from me being stupid. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. 
but it, it, but too, like you, you could have just been like, no, nah, I don't want to go get checked out still. You know, there's so many people that are like, no, you know, that, that white coat syndrome or that, you know, I can wait another day. Or, I mean, even in your instance, in a way, you know, finding out that, uh, that you and your wife are expecting and, and congratulations for that. I, I wanted to say yeah. that before, but I was like, now if he's on a really good point here, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, but that's it where it's like, oh, you know, we have this going on. I'll put myself on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And as a helper, as an emergency service person, you know, we don't like to do that. You know, we put others before ourselves all the time. Um, But there's some instances where we can't do that anymore. And I think this is a prime example of one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and uh, I'm a big proponent. If we don't take care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we are not going to be able to take care of anybody else. Like as helpers, we have to be good about helping ourselves be better or we're not going to be worth anything for the citizens. We will never be on the the RA game for the citizens if we're not taking care of ourselves. And and that part is just as important as, you know, learning to stretch lines and learning to throw ladders and learning uh, incident command structure. Um, And I think it's good with with organizations like Detect Together and them working with different departments and different um, conferences like the one that you were at. Um, whose name I can't say because again I'm from New Jersey. So you boom, that one. Kevin would be so happy I said it that way too. If he hears this, he'd just be beaming. I hope he listens to this one. I mean, he's part of the reason why you're on the too. episode, right? So at least we could shout. I don't him blame out. him if he does it though. Having to listen to me drone on and on. <laughs> he's heard the story enough about your equipment <laughs> and your balls. Like, a hundred percent good with that one. But again, that that taking care of ourselves and, and making it a priority just as important as all those other things. Mm-hmm. And it's something we don't want to talk about. You know, no, no one wants to talk about the negative end of this um, because of how many poor outcomes we've all had within our lives, whether it be an emergency service personnel or a family member. But it's something that really is important. And I cannot thank you enough for giving us this time to share your story um, yeah, no problem. I'm happy to do it. If I could help somebody catch that early and be the same kind of story that I've had to where it's, you know, a small little bump in the road and we're right back to work and right back to family and right back to the important things of life instead of two years of chemo or possibly losing a life, I'm happy to help. Yeah. And I mean, you, you got a lot coming up in your life this, these uh, next however many months and then. Even after yep. that, uh, as as being a father of two with one kind of staring at me right now, uh, telling me <laughs> telling me how I'm sounding on a podcast type thing. But, you know, you got a lot of life ahead of you to live and a lot more career to go. And we're happy that you got it all kind of handled. And I can't say that I, uh, I wish you the best of luck with the scans that you have coming up. But I feel like you're on that right track because now, too, you're so much more aware of the healthy things you have to continue to do to stay healthy. Cause like you said, you work out every day, you try to eat as best as you can. And this still happened to you. Yeah. And, and that's a big part of it, you know, and especially being firefighters and being just exposed. I mean, it's just, I now, so when I got hired, I looked at the job as the best job in the world. And 20 years in, I still look at the job as the best job in the world. But I also look at it as exposure, 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 because that's all we're hearing now is how many things we're exposed to. Um, yeah. So how we can prevent them from being worse, I guess, is a key. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love uh, is it Mr. Backer that does the art of reading smoke. 
he talks about a lot of cancer causing chemicals in the smoke during his class. Uh, I just had the opportunity to take it again here a few weeks ago. And, but he, I love the way that he breaks it down. It's not that we should be trying to avoid those because that's part of our job. It's how, how do we mitigate those exposures after the fire? How do we mitigate those as soon as we can after? Because we have a job to do and there's not going to be anything we can do to not do that job. It's what we're paid to do. Yeah. How do we on the back end make sure that we're catching it early, cleaning ourselves, cleaning our gear, making sure that we're taking all the preventative steps that we can uh, to where we end up having a ha- you know, a happy life after our career, able, able to retire for years and years and years and enjoy our retirement after and still have the ability to do the job. Yeah, it's such a big part of it, too, because, you know, coming kind of into this world and talking what started with me talking about fitness and fitness and fitness and fitness and fitness has turned into so many other things for me that all matter. And fitness is kind of something that we can see, right? We know we're doing the fitness and we seeing the results of the fitness. And when we talk about these, these cancer causing chemicals that we're exposed to, you can't see them. Yeah. I mean, we could see smoke, but even when you, you read like that, the art of reading smoke, I'm pretty sure that he talks about how many chemicals and how many carcinogens are in just the air around Mm -hmm. where the smoke has been. Um, Yeah. So that's a whole nother part of this that, that just, it's more of that. The more we know, the better we're going to be right. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Hardy, I do appreciate you sharing your story with us. Uh, we're going to throw ways you could find him on social media if you have any questions uh, in the show notes. And uh, with that, dude, I want you to stay safe. I want you to, you know, live a nice long life. And I want to really, like, I got to laugh a little bit because I know what's coming. Good luck, man. Good luck in these next thank couple you. I'm months. Excited. Man. <laughs> I'm excited. Thank you for having me on today. And uh, uh, thank you for y'all and Mercedes and all uh, and to take together all, all of y'all spreading the good word about everything. So. Awesome, man. We appreciate you. All right. So now I could actually say welcome back, Jason. Now that we just heard Josh's story, we were here before and then you disappeared and now we're back. But, you know, I just I really want to thank Hardy, as he likes to be called, for for sharing that story because he kept it as real as possible. He used some humor in his situation. But I honestly think listening to the tone of his voice, you know, when he got that cancer diagnosis that he was not necessarily expecting to get in that fast of a time. You know, you could tell he took it seriously. Um, So again, thank you, Josh, for sharing that story with us. Uh, Congratulations again to you and your wife on the upcoming birth of your first child, which is more exciting news to kind of get all around this crazy time for you. Um, Maybe next time you'll be more careful during bailout training. I know I'll be careful, more careful during bailout training. Jay, what what about you after uh, uh, Josh's story? Yeah, I, uh, I gave him a lot of credit because if I had done that, I would have been on the ground, possibly crying. Uh, it would have been very obvious that I had an issue and uh, I would be in the hospital. Like, uh, I, gave him a lot of credit <laughs> I think all that, the way, you know, he didn't go to the hospital. He definitely was talking about the pain, but I think, yeah. I think about it. And like I said to him, like, you got a little overzealous, like overzealous trying to get out the window there and like just came down on that sill. Uh, maybe God. for me being shorter, I actually have a benefit because I actually have to kind of scoot up to the sill. You know what I mean? Like I can do uh-huh. a, a slide, but uh-huh. a slide could really hurt your balls too, right? <laughs> yeah, no way, man. That's 
<laughs> like, I'm glad it turned out better. That's all I can say. It, it did lead to a positive, you know, he, he was like, why is this so bad type of a thing? But, you know, he was able to, <laughs> to detect it. And I believe one of the numbers with, with Detect Together and, and the, the Cancer Society is that uh, early detection for testicular cancer has a 99% survivability rate, correct? Yeah, the, the, we have a two times greater chance of, of contracting uh, testicular cancer. Um, but we, yes, it's, it's the survivability rate on t- testicular cancer is very high. Um, the problem is, is that if it, if you don't address it and it is able to metastasize, then I believe that it, it does not become, uh, very good just depending on where it spreads to from there. Uh, but yeah, man, the, 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 the survivability rates are just monstrous. 99% is huge. I believe that would be one of the highest in <clears throat> cancers. Um, and, and they're, the whole detect together is they're, they're, they're three, there are three big things to stay healthy and detect cancer. You know, know you're great. Uh, use the two week rule and then share with your doctor. The know you're great. That's been a that's been a real fun one to try to uh, explain to people online. They're like, you spelled you're wrong, man. Uh, it's like no, douche. It's your. I don't know if I can say that on your podcast, but you can say whatever uh, you want on this podcast. Like <laughs> uh, it's your great. It's it's what is what is great for you. Like how like. Do you normally wake up with tons of energy, but now you do not any longer and it's been going on for a month and nothing else has changed. You're not working out more or, or doing whatever. This just came out of nowhere. Do you, does your, does your hamstring hurt all the time now? Are you peeing blood? Like are these things that these, that's not good for you. Uh, but the whole two week rule, that's the same thing. If, if they say most minor issues go away after two weeks. So if you have the same persistent issues for two weeks, then it's time to go talk to your doctor. And then the last one is uh, share with your doctor, man. You know, do, do you think one of the reasons that we're, we're not like, you know, the two week rule needs to be there is because we're so like, Hey, this person, I got a hangnail and I called nine one one. When did you get the hangnail? Two minutes ago. And I called nine one one. Like, <laughs> like I didn't put the pressure on it. So we're like, no, we're going to, we're going to wait it out longer. We, we know better. We know uh, better. No, I think I think it's just a good uh, it's a good time marker to say like okay, you know I mean you you know this as well as I do as much as we've worked out in our in our lifetime like you know like you were saying on the break that your back hurts right from a deadlift so you're probably deadlifting one eighty five hit hitting your max at one eighty five <laughs> you know so uh, <laughs> it was, was two sixty today buddy all right it was two sixty all right. <laughs> And he's a, you're at a body weight of 70 pounds. So, I mean, <laughs> so that, that is killer insane. Killer. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> uh, but no, but like that, that that's it's you and I have had this just work doing CrossFit or, or uh, Olympic lifting and all that stuff. It's, I've hurt my back at some point in time. And um, within two weeks, I'm feeling better. Like I've had improvements within that. So if two weeks goes by and your back is still hurting in the same place with the same intensity or it's gotten worse, it's time to get checked out. My father passed away from cancer and he uh, he couldn't poop. He couldn't poop for two weeks or three weeks he was. Um, and he went to the doctor. They did a scan, thought it was diverticulosis, diverticulitis. Uh, or they're looking at his colon as well, obviously. And uh, they found something in his kidney. And he had been having back pain for a while, but never said anything about it. And God knows what else he had going on that I just didn't know about. So, um, you know, they're, they're good markers in life to kind of say like, man, you should probably get this checked out. Yeah, especially if you're younger, you know, I mean, Josh is in his early 30s. And I believe the number for testicular cancer is uh, men are more apt to get it between 20 and 40, which keeps old guys like you and I were going to say, 
I thought you were going to say men are more apt to get it than women. I was like, bro, we got to go over some of that. <laughs> I did hear that, though, that men are, again, teaching firefighters. That may be a big deal. Like, men are more apt to get this than women, guys. So, you know. <laughs> you know what? I think that would be the best statistic ever to say. Just just, just start off a listen, guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can just, just get the whole. I can see would, the glazed would, over would, look of everyone in the yeah. room just looking back like, wait. Wait a minute! I don't get it. Like I just took EMT yeah, yeah. and I got this part. Yeah, yeah, they got yeah, that yeah. part. <laughs> That'd be great. Listen, detect together. I'm available. Yeah. I know. I know you got Jason yeah. locked down on, on exclusive contract, but I am available if you need help. When science and two, I do science as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, that, yeah. that's a big part of this, right? And then, like you said, too, sharing with your doctor, right? You have to get in because even in, when Josh was telling his story, you know, he was amazed. It was right before Christmas time. And he was amazed he was able to get in to see his doctor so fast because, you know, doctors are busy these days, you know, so you could be weeks out from that appointment while the cancer is metastasizing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, I think that's the big thing, man. It's just the early detection of it, trying to get it done as quickly, you know, and, and then people always say to me, they say, uh, why is it always when people seem to get diagnosed with cancer? Uh, do they not, do they like seem to, once they're diagnosed immediately kind of do, go downhill and like, you got to think about it, man. Most people aren't going to recognize things until the symptoms are really bad. Like it's just been so persistent for a really long period of time. Obviously everybody's different and God knows when, when things can happen, but yeah, man, getting it, getting it early gives you the best shot. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it, but bro, getting it early gives you the best shot. And, and that's the, hopefully the best approach. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's too, when we hear those stories like, oh, well, I was in a car accident and they found cancer or, you know, I broke my leg and they found cancer and it's because you're not looking for it and it could still be there. And we yeah. know, we, we talked about it in, in the first half, you know, that a lot of the things that we deal with are carcinogens, you know, and, and the big one that everybody wants to talk about right now, listen, if they made a change in PFAS and our turnout gear today, right now, today, someone made a change. I am not going to be wearing that gear. I'm retiring in six years, so I'm definitely never wearing that gear. But in my department, yeah. you know, at least for five years, we just got a new set of gear. They're not going to turn around and be like, oh, we're going to spend you know, however many millions we just spent to outfit all you guys on this brand new stuff. And your spare is still going to have it in there. So doing these things like checking yourself, like deconning after fires, you know, I think in Florida, you guys are, are fairly more ahead of that than we are in New Jersey, I believe, when it comes to post-fire decon, right? I think. Yeah. What anyone that if, so for as a driver, uh, I set up a decon station, you know, literally just outside the fire, so you're still getting some smoke. Uh, we 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 move it away, we go, go to as better as best of a cold zone as we can get to. When the guys come out, they're not they don't take anything off. They come right to me. I have Dawn soap and. And some uh, and a, a scrubber, and then a, a, a what do you, you get a hose? You get a hose? You get a hose? I get a hose. Wow. Yeah, I get a hose. I use yeah. Like, <laughs> that's little, like metal worthy firefighting right there. You get yeah, the a little green hose. I get. <laughs> I spray them. Uh, but yeah, we try to decom as best as possible, man. And then uh, when they get back to station, our newest station is incredible. Um, it is like unbelievable. It has multiple uh, like it's hot zones, cold yeah, zones, yeah. and then or, or warm zones, cold zones. And you have to decon. You're not allowed to go into a, a warm zone until you've gone through the hot zone and, and deconned and everything. And they're just trying to think I have a bunch of um, of the saunas as well, infrared saunas. And listen, my chief is like, hey, I, will this stop people from getting cancer? I don't know. 
He goes, but I'm going to give you the best shot you can possibly have of not getting cancer. So, and that's the best we can do right now, right? We're not going to, yeah. we're not here to stop cancer. I mean, it would be great if we could stop cancer. And there are very smart people somewhere working on that. They are not us, <laughs> right? So, yeah, nope. what can we do? We can have Jason outside with the green line hosing you down. <laughs> you know, we enough. can get back to the firehouse and get our gear cleaned. We can clean ourselves. You know, we can use Dawn soap. We can use any one of the eight million wipes that are out there. You know, you can shower with uh, charcoal soaps that are out there. You know, there's just so many things. Wash your clothes, you know, wash everything. Um, I know a big thing going nice. on now, too, is people not even wearing their clothes home because there's some recent studies saying that our kids have a greater per- uh, greater percentage of getting cancer. And who knows if that's something that has to do with what we're bringing home or not. But uh, there's just so many things. It's, it's a lot of stuff. I think you just give yourself the best shot possible. Genetics yeah. obviously play a massive role in this. I have cancer on both sides of my family, so I, I may just get it genetically. Um, but, you know, I try to exercise as much as I possibly can. I try to eat the best that I possibly can. And I try not to to uh, do too much cocaine. Uh, I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't think cocaine is a carcinogen, man. It's, oh, it's shoot, nicotine. Right. I'm nicotine. Good. Dump, don't smoke cigarettes. Up. <laughs> no, I don't do cocaine for anyone. <laughs> uh, no, I just do give yourself the best shot possible. That's what it comes down to. And then if, if something doesn't seem right, then get checked out. That's what it just comes down to, you know? I think that is totally it. And that is a great message to kind of bring this thing home with is just do the best you can with everything you can. Now, where can the folks go? I know you can order some stuff for your station, which I still have to do from the tech together, but how, how do we do that one? So yeah, you go to detecttogether.com and uh, I'm sorry, detecttogether.org. Um, you'll you go there. Uh, you can follow the website. You can get whatever you need. They have incredible uh, stuff that you can order for your stations. I'm going to apologize now. My face is on a whole bunch of it. And, see Jason's uh, face in your department's restroom. It's and I'm like, and I got to tell you, man, I probably saw a hundred pictures of my face in people's bathrooms. And no one messed with it. I no, was like, no one I'm, gen- it. I'm, just, I'm genuinely impressed with all of you right now. Like, I'm for sure I have mustaches and other, you know, phallic <laughs> things on my face. Uh, so, but, you know, nobody did it. I mean, I'm sure it will now. But, no, yeah, you can go on there. You can find out all the information you need. They'll get you all the stuff. And then Detect Together will also come. Um, if you organize it, they can come to your station or at least your region. And they'll do classes for you to teach you the best ways to... Uh, hopefully prevent this kind of stuff. That is awesome. And this episode is going to drop on FDIC week. So I know you'll be out at FDIC providing coffee shots, um, signing your cover model Craggle magazine, right? Am I, am I not mistaken yeah, in that? If, uh, that's, that? That still is a shocker that anyone put my face on anything. So it's, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a phallic symbol drawn on your face on the one you signed for me, for <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Like, for that's... sure. Uh, funny enough, <laughs> when they released the magazine, the it was a great article. It was about like sex, uh, uh, casual sex in your relationship, and I was like, "Hey, listen, bro, I can't sign that and hand it to underage people. So can you please take that off?" And they're like, "Absolutely." <laughs> so I was like, Thank you. I can't have this guy coming up with his kid and me being like, "Let me sign this. <laughs> Let me sign this for you." But they're like, "Uh, yeah, totally get it. That's fine." <laughs> Awesome, awesome, man. Where everybody else can follow you, obviously, Fire Department Chronicles. You could use, you know, 5 million social media followers, so you could add that one. Fire Department Coffee, yeah. Detect Together mm-hmm. is on Instagram. I know that, and Facebook. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Any, anything else you want to plug? Any other shameless plugs that you're doing? Stand up anywhere? Hosting hockey tournaments? You know? No, that's that's it for right now, man. We got <laughs> I got some fun projects uh, in the works that I think um, if it all comes together, I think I will be uh, helping head up. I believe one of the cooler changes for the fire and EMS services. So we'll sweet, see. sweet. We, well, we all look forward to seeing that because you know how we all in the fire and EMS service love change. So I'm sure that's yeah. going to go over yeah. really well. <laughs> going to go over real well unless yeah. you're getting everybody a raise <laughs> that change is yeah, okay yeah, yeah. the raise part <laughs> is okay the 30 percent uh mandatory increase for everybody in the fire and EMS service so volleys you're getting 30 percent more of nothing so congratulations <laughs> you can handle that one that's an easy one to handle yeah. right there so that's an easy one yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well listen jason man i can't thank you yeah. enough for your time again um, I can't thank Josh Hardy enough for sharing his story. And again, our friends at Mercedes Textiles and Detect Together for just this awesome awareness and, and giving me the opportunity to, to share Josh's story and have Jason come on to talk about these great initiatives that are out there for us to keep us healthier. So for the Size Up by National Fire Radio, I'm Pip, and we'll see you next time. Fire Radio.